ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय The living entity traps himself in a 
network of its own productive activities. Yeah, network of its own productive activities. And then can find no way to release himself. And then can find no way to release himself. Thus he is always bewildered. Thus he is always bewildered. And repeatedly he dies. And repeatedly he dies. As already explained, the influence of modes of nature is very strong. The living entity entangled in different types of fruitive activity is like a silkworm trapped in a cocoon. Getting free is very difficult unless he is helped by the Supreme Personality of God. Verse 53, very popular verse, almost same in Bhagavad Gita. Translation Not a single living entity can remain unengaged even for a moment. One must act by his natural tendency according to the three modes of material nature because this natural tendency forcibly makes him work in a particular way. Purple. The subhaviki or one's natural tendency is the most important factor in action. One's natural tendency is to serve because the living entity is an eternal servant of God. The living entity wants to serve, but because of his forgetfulness of his relationship with the Supreme Lord, he serves under the mode of material nature and manufactures various modes of service such as socialism, humanitarianism and altruism. However, one should be enlightened in the tenets of Bhagavad Gita and accept the instructions of the Supreme Personality Godhead that one gives up all natural tendencies for material service under different names and take to the service of the Lord. One's original natural tendency is to act in Krishna consciousness because one's real nature is spiritual. The duty of a human being is to understand that since he is essentially spirit, he must abide by the spiritual tendency and not be carried away by material tendencies. Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur is therefore sung. My dear brothers, you are being carried away by the waves of material energy and are suffering in many miserable conditions. Sometimes you are drowning in the waves of material nature and sometimes you are tossed like a swimmer struggling in the ocean. As confirmed by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, this tendency to be battered by the waves of Maya can be changed to one's original natural tendency, which is spiritual. When the living entity comes to understand that he is eternally Krishnadas, a servant of God, Krishna, Jeev Krishnadas, Eivishwas, Karveta or Dukhanai, if instead of serving Maya under different names, one turns his service attitude towards the Supreme Lord, he is then saved and there is no more difficulty. If one returns to his original natural tendency in the human form of life by understanding the perfect knowledge given by Krishna himself in the Vedic literature, one's life is successful. Sri Chaitanya Mahavishtam Sapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Swayam Pagandikam 
And initially I thought that they'll just make it like a web. I was not expecting that this verse will really match how they do it. So then, that like a spider creates a web and just moves on. But they created, they started creating and they made it in a circular form, like an egg shape. And they are inside and you can see them moving because it's really transparent. And they are still creating, creating, creating within, within. And it's fully covered. There is no, there is no door for entry. There is no door for exit. It's, it's, it's amazing how, why scriptures are used such examples. And that's it. When you have created so, such a thick layer and you can't get out, now there is no more leaf inside to eat. And naturally, the cell phone dies inside. So this example is very much uh, similar to, to, to the actions or activities of many people in this material world also where, you know, it's like building a house with no doors. You're, you're so badly stuck building a house with no doors creating a whole structure, amazing palace, mm-hmm. but there is no door, neither for entry nor for exit. Mm-hmm. So if we actually carefully observe how, how uh, uh, Vedic culture has trained its followers, is that it has really encouraged people to think about the door first, while creating a house, not just for entry, but for exit also. And any intelligent person really plans the, the construction of the house in such a way that there is proper entry and exit. Mm. Of course, the entry is out of our control. But for exit, we have to plan a lot. And it's like exactly, you know, even a thief, even a thief, if a thief goes to a house for stealing, the first thing that is in the mind of the thief is how will I get out? He worries about the exit. Uh, is that a valuable? It's that very important, you know. So, so to to exit or to leave uh, must be a very natural uh, mindset of any living, not to just intake, but to give up also. So, the, if you if we carefully observe, whether it's it's our very popular motivation speakers or it's our own education system, it's it's. Uh, the whole basis of that education is nothing but to accept. Just keep accepting. Keep accepting from the universe, keep accepting with from the, the creation. And and there is no there is no education given on how to basically give up or excrete. You know, a person goes to buy a house and then Especially, you know, with, with ladies, you know, they're very particular how the kitchen in the houses, and then they decide okay, which house to rent or buy. But an intelligent person not only looks at the kitchen, but he also looks at the toilet also, because what you get, get from the kitchen, you have to give up also. You know? So one must worry about both the things. Otherwise, we are no less than this cell phone within the cocoon. Honestly. But Vedic culture is more concerned about giving up. You know, if you see, if you, even if you see Ayurveda treatment, you know, we have Ayurveda, Ayurveda treatment. The focus is more on giving up, excretion, than taking. Uh, that keeps you healthy. If, if giving up is very peacefully, successfully done, then you are very healthy. Uh, so materially also, 
It's very important that once uh, renunciation of intake happens very smoothly and for spiritual life also, once personal growth also is very necessary that one must understand that we should plan how to give up. Uh, and once, if, if we see the whole of our national system is designed in such a way that that 75% of our national system is is about giving up. So, first 25 years as a brahmachari, as a student, one is trained how to give up, mm-hmm. how to accept and how to reject within this, how to accept and how to give things up. Then, next 25 years, one accepts mostly, without forgetting that one has to give up one day. And then Vanaprastha is one of the one of major trainings of, of giving up whatever one has acquired in terms of in not in terms of just material solid gross assets, but even subtle impressions one has gained throughout one's career of Grastashram. And then sannyas, which is a complete renunciation, just 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 focus on just giving up. So this is a very solid package of Vedic culture, whereas in contrast, material uh, civilization, this our the whole life we are living, is 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 hundred percent just acceptance, and maximum one feels good when within the same material creation one gives little bit to other people here and there, uh, one shares what one has received. So then that that creates a lot of uh, binding. And, and in different forms, that's the fruitive activity profile, the smashing in many different purposes, in many different places, that one must cut through this knot, this understanding of, of someone, if you see in the world, in the purport of 53, everyone has certain tendencies to do some service, uh, because it's our natural, it's our nature. But because people don't understand, they do, they do offer what they have in in completely material form only through altruism, through through uh, humanitarianism or socialism, which is a problem. Honestly, uh, the concept of of we being body and mind is is very much intact because we are bodies and we have mind within this body, uh, and there is no more deeper understanding than that. So the best a person can think of best a human can human can become is just to satisfy others body and mind. When, when we go for catering our music festival catering, that's one of the grossest place to be in. Uh, so and uh, we see sometimes people feel very great. People feel very, very great. People feel extremely great when when they help someone when they help someone to, to, to enjoy while they are in the festival in the more grossest way. You know, sometimes we, we are there and, and one time I was, we were doing, we were serving at the counter and next to us was uh, a bar which, in which I have never seen someone so intoxicated people, they were just coming. First, I was telling once before also, for five to six hours, there was one girl who was just moving like this at one spot. For five, six hours. Just standing, and there's music going on, and she's just standing at one spot and she's just moving. And then suddenly one person comes and, and gives her some drink. And it's not water, 
it's, <laughs> it's beer or something to further that yeah. and uh, later he comes to our counter and says that uh, uh, today I had a great job what? I helped someone what help you did? he doesn't know that girl he just saw her moving around for 5-6 years she must be tired or thirsty so I gave her a beer that's my good part that's my contribution in the universe <laughs> so it's very encouraging people really like doing certain things in, in that capacity but it's very interesting that that it is all within the cocoon there is no still there is no creation of the door so so many such great activities are done uh, and of course anyone can say oh this was not the best you could have done to help someone better be uh, altruist or open some charitable hospitals or whatever but everything is within the cocoon no one is still creating a door so the concern is so the concern is very clear here Prabhupada's purport uh, uh, and the verse itself is very clear that, that focus on creating a door for people so, so that's why that's why when, when any book distribution happens or Harilam happens on the street people don't know Many people may have been rejected, but that is creating a door for them. That is a door which helps them to exit this world. So this particular uh, verse is, the theme of this verse is, which is focusing on how modes of material nature are, are targeting, uh, uh, are controlling a living entity's uh, existence. While I was reading this verse, you know, uh, you know, we understand we have five Gyanendriya, knowledge acquiring senses, which is eyes, nose, ears, tongue, and touch sensation. And then we have five Karmendriyas, our working senses, in which is Vak, Pani, Pad, Payu, Vasa, speech, hands, feet, anus, and genital. So these are our five working senses. So there is an amazing exchange that takes place even. We don't know how it's all working, but there is a there is an exchange that is taking place that that impressions are taken in, the sanskars are taken in from this knowledge acquiring senses, from these five senses, and further impressions are built on a living entity by using this knowledge through our karmendriya, through our working senses. We use these five working senses to further deepen our impression, our sanskar uh, of what knowledge we have gained. And then on top of this ten is the mother or the father, is the mind, uh, which is which is directing basically are the actions of all these ten senses. So, so because it appears, it starts to appear to a living entity that the pleasures one is seeking or one experiences or the distress one experiences is actually happening in the senses. But actually it's not true. It's the perception of the mind where all the happiness and distress takes place, majorly. You know, it's exactly like a young boy goes to work and it's public transport, very busy. And, and he's standing and he notices, oh, there's a young girl standing behind him. And, and his shoulder and both the shoulders are touching and he's very happy. Oh, what a ride. Today, best day. Uh, a young girl next to him. And by the time his stop comes, he notices, oh, there was actually an old man. <laughs> because she, she, she got off the tram and then someone else came and in the same position. So, was it the touch sensation that was enjoying? 
No, it was a perception in the mind that was enjoying that, oh, I have someone next to me. So this is, this is amazing how mind works, that everything that is perceived is based on what impressions one has taken through our jnana indriya, through many lifetimes of course, and then happiness and distress is calculated in the mind. If you don't give food to someone for one or two days, it's quite a little distress for some person. But if the same person has knowledge that, oh, it's a special day, it's Janmashtami, one has to fast basically morning to midnight, or basically night before to next to midnight, then one can feel happy about getting some spiritual progress. It's the same person with no food, same organs, but the perception is there. And if the same person will be, can be even more happier if that person finds out that I have lost some weight and they are struggling with some weight loss issue. So, so the whole perception is in the mind. And that's why uh, for scriptures, there is in Bhagavad Gita also, in many different scriptures, there is quite a bit of emphasis is given on how to deal with this mind. If mind, if the workings of the mind are settled, then the perception is settled and then one's usage of the senses is also very much under control. And that's why mind is, is even though it's a sixth sense, but it's the mother of the senses. Very powerful. So now, uh, mind is so amazingly powerful that, that any emotion uh, that takes place within the faculty of the mind has a very direct effect on the body. Then one can say, no, you know, if I move my hands, if I shout, it's a very, it's a, it's a very clear usage of my working senses. But mind is so subtle that if suppose someone is angry in the mind, you know, body starts to change. Actually, it starts to see, you start to experience changes in one's body. If someone is thinking about someone in a very lustful way in the mind, there are very, there are very phenomenal changes that takes place in the body. Hmm? Everything is happening in the mind, yeah? but the body starts to change. The behavior starts to change. You know, there is a group of 20 men sitting in a room enjoying. As soon as a woman walks in, nothing has happened, but there is some change that starts to take place because in the mind that change has taken place, uh, and then bodily uh, behavior of the body also changes. One starts to behave. Everyone is <laughs> sitting properly, and then then accent also changes, and whole style changes because a woman walks in. So this is all happening in the mind, and in the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita, we really see how, how mind being not peaceful, Krishna towards the end of second chapter is really focusing on mind being not peaceful is the cause of actual misery. And Krishna says, Ashanta Kuthasukhum, if this particular faculty is not peaceful, then don't worry, happiness is not yours. Because you will never be peaceful. And if you are not peaceful, forget about happiness. And, and any endeavor you do is very much directed towards see, getting happiness from this world. Mm. However gross, however subtle, however spiritual it may be, we all want happiness from it. But if there is no peace, then forget about happiness. It's not going to happen. Mm. So Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, verse 67, so now how a strong woman can sweep a boat 
on the water, even one of the roaming senses on which mind focuses can carry away a man's intelligence. So this mind is so powerful that like Prabhupada in, in many of the purports he talks about engaging all your senses in Krishna's service. Engaging all your engaging your utilize your senses in serving Krishna. Why he says that when I was going through these verses and the purports, especially when these verses started to come, you know, Prabhupada's that particular instruction became very valid, very understandable for me. But that if one of the sense is wandering, if one of the sense wandering is wandering and mind focused on that wandering sense, it is enough to completely destroy one's journey. It is enough. That's where this verse says that even if one of the roaming senses on which mind focuses can carry away a man's intelligence. You know, everything is happening nicely for us. The whole whole spiritual Krishna conscious practice is happening nicely. We're chanting around, we're reading everything, we are following the rules, regulations, everything. And then we are just hearing a lecture on YouTube. And while we are watching a lecture on YouTube, on the side there are many, many options to choose from. And then one of the senses, which is I, catches, attention is, is caught of another video. And then we started our YouTube journey for that particular time. It's okay, today I'll watch my spiritual master's lecture. And after three, four hours, we end up in a really cross video. Some movie or some whatever can be adult movie or whatever. Many people have come and discussed their issues, you know, the pro can we solve this issue of, of, of internet research for me? And, and, and the beginning happens, the, how you begin is maybe mostly it is discussion consciousness. But one of the roaming sense and mind focuses on that particular sense and we go from which video to, we end up in which video, it is very scary. It is very scary. So, so this, is, this is very natural, you know. There was one devotee the other day, he was telling, he was walking on the street and he passed Subway. And Subway has a strategy, a business strategy, that they have an exhaust fan where the, make the smell which is inside, the burger smell and all the flavors, it is thrown out on the street. So it generates some appetite in people, some attraction so that they come in. And he said, it gave just such a strong memory of all the impressions I had of all the subway burgers I ate, which had all meat and whatever, a very strong urge came that I want to go and taste it. I want to go and eat it. So, so, so if you start focusing on that, then mind carries away. Mind, mind is completely carried away, like a boat is sweep on an ocean with the strong wind. So this is very interesting how, how the workings of the mind is. So, any impression that I was telling before, any impression that we take, any sansar that we gain on ourselves through through Gyanandriya or Karmandriya, knowledge acquiring senses and working senses has a very strong impact on the mind. So, it becomes an individual's responsibility of what sansar, what impression one accepts through these two means. So, further in that, that same series of verses, Krishna says, a person who is not disturbed 
by the incessant flow of desires that enters like a river into the ocean which is ever being filled but is always still can alone achieve peace not the man who strives to satisfy such desires a uh, very interesting thing propa says in the purport of this verse is do not think that desires will not come desires are meant to come to us uh, but a successful person is he who who is not striving to fulfill the desires if we carefully observe how how people are trained in this world is especially now in modern times you are considered a a flop story you are considered a failure if you suppress your desires it is very highly rejected this concept of controlling or suppressing your desires is very much uh, rejected or or discouraged and and rather is completely the opposite it explore exercise enjoy try out uh, you must gain experience don't suppress don't suppress whereas very culture was that control the mind control the desires no very these are very important instructions actually if one carefully observes because mind the amount of desires one receives if one really works hard towards enjoying all of the desires it is it, one forgets that it is giving me certain impressions certain samskara and i must carefully choose which impression to affect me which impression i should accept and which impressions i should reject but how 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 current times are designed is is if you talk about suppression and when we say suppression there is a limit to it of course uh, when you talk about suppression in today's time you are honestly seeing very backward your thinking is not yet modern when a, when you know like once they were not just telling he was in delhi and he was giving a lecture and there was a girl uh, and she made a point to maharaj that maharaj is speaking about how india is changing and then people are wearing girls are wearing so revealing clothes and how culture is completely changing and she 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 started saying it was it was a group of girls they were having a class and she said what is wrong with it why to suppress what is wrong what is the problem and then maharaj said so what is your uh, reason for doing it if there is nothing wrong in it and it shocked maharaj i was shocked to get the answer that that uh, like men they have their muscles and they control through their muscles scantily dressing is women's muscle and that's how she controls men <laughs> so this is how we control and that's how men control So no, that's the response this is in temple uh, in temple this class is happening so all the surprise you telling in one of our retreats that i'm surprised with such a response so when when the the training is like that then what do you expect that that such a person or any any person the impressions the sanskar which will come on the mind through all the different sensory organs where it's going to lead one hmm? so it's it's completely one is completely bewildered 
and by the whole concept and then then you put these verses in, in front of someone that if you want to achieve peace uh, you should not strive to satisfy the desires uh, it is it has to be mythological and it has to be just useless knowledge for them because how do you explain this thing to such people a person who is not disturbed by incessant flow of desires is going to achieve peace is going to attain happiness but their whole concept of happiness is by fulfilling their desires it is not going to happen it's amazing right opposite ha right opposite completely opposite it's completely opposite and and if you carefully observe we are part of that society and as devotees we are also bombarded with similar philosophy and we even though we may hear or we may read such 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 knowledge we have how many times we ourselves fall victim to such such fundas we ourselves fall victim to such philosophies may not be to some extreme levels but isn't it so true that that we also get diverted isn't it so true that one of our own sense also really disturbs us uh, now it can be now we may not fall for subway okay but we do fall for many other things <laughs> and then again we pick ourselves up okay chant again properly read again properly i can't number how many how many people have discussed personally with me about them getting distracted in youtube or certain videos online it's just number is so huge and and, and these are really sincerely trying to do they're actually trying but one sense and there are many five senses one sense mind focuses on it just drives away one's intelligence once intelligence is gone once discrimination is finished one is completely off track completely it is so powerful actually if you see and this is and uh, when i was hey when i was reading this i was thinking what is the scope of materially educated person who has no such spiritual knowledge if we are struggling so much <laughs> and if if it comes to them what is the scope you know this this knowledge is too much for them uh, and this is why when when someone hears all this to be controlled don't engage your senses in this way or that way the effort it takes you know the effort it takes to put it in action is so much that one is not interested it appears so difficult it appears so difficult that constantly i am bombarded with desires and i have to very carefully choose which to accept which not to accept and mostly have to reject because most of the desires are material it is very difficult task it is too much <laughs> too, too much exercise on for oneself and one cannot see one cannot see how it's going to benefit oneself and one cannot appreciate the fact that that is doable so one up outright rejects it and if we see our the way we way we preach to new people we never speak about these topics because it is very discouraging for new people we always speak about the positives the happiness krishna consciousness give the positive outcome should probably do the same give them pressure you know give them a positive engagement and then later they can see you know a beginning devotee is encouraged you know we were preached like that 
yeah you do whatever you want just add krishna do whatever you like to do just add that krishna uh, just add krishna if they would have told these these verses to me on day one forget it no who will come and so many plans we have but one thing very interesting takes place and that is that is uh, our process which is not karma yoga or gyana yoga our process is bhakti yoga where krishna personally has quite a bit of role to play krishna makes it possible for a devotee to appreciate this knowledge and then apply in one's life otherwise common man you just tell them you know the next verse krishna says विहाय काम या सर्वान पुमां चरति निष्ठिह निर्ममो निरहंकार सशांतिम अधिगच्छति कृष्ण से सपर्सन हु इज गिवन ऑल डिजायर फॉर सेंस ग्रेटिफिकेशन हु लिव्स फ्री फ्रॉम डिजायर्स हु इज गिवन अप ऑल सेंस ऑफ प्रोप्रेटरशिप एंड इज डिवाइड ऑफ ऑल सिगो ही अलोन कैन अटेन रियल पीस मींस नो डिजायर नो सेंस नो नो डिजायर्स एट ऑल नो प्रोप्रेटरशिप ओवर एनीथिंग and no false ego you tell this you think this thing about it and then is it then only you can be peaceful and if if a if a materialist hears this shloka then what is the use of such peace i don't need it hmm? but as devotees we really appreciate because that's what purification does that's what knowledge does and that's what krishna within the heart is constantly guiding us that after many years of of practicing krishna consciousness one appreciates oh this has quite a bit of value uh, so when krishna says giving up all desires for sense gratification that means this is who lives free from desires because it's bhakti no thakur says this particular chapter is just focusing on karma and gyan yoga and very slight glimpse of bhakti yoga is there in shloka itself krishna later introduces bhakti yoga it is the prabhupada's purport we get the real gist of what these verses are actually saying that free one who lives free from desire prabhupada's desirelessness basically means desire to become krishna consciousness it's exactly like you know mon vrat we keep that fasting where one doesn't have, doesn't speak a word there are many yogis in india they haven't spoken for last 15 years a word 20 years a word and they feel so great about it professor avan prabhupad says avan monvrat is speak 24 hours but about krishna so keep speaking chant speak do kirtan but in glorification of the supreme lord similarly our desirelessness is to have a, to have a desire to become krishna consciousness then no sense of proprietorship no sense of proprietorship very simply means krishna is the proprietor uh, this understanding and devoid of false ego means it's not me who is the doer it's the supreme lord who is the doer and i am just his servant so if this understanding is there then one honestly or actually honestly we see purpose purpose you remove from these verses even we as what is the get you know you will not accept this this no desire and our logical mind will really really work very hard to reject such a certain philosophy and proper puts it in place that no proper very clearly writes in the purport actually proper statement in the purport contradicts the verse directly the the line of the verse 
When Krishna says, live free from desire, Prabhupada says, no one can be free from desire. It's not possible. But one has to desire to attain spiritual perfection or Krishna consciousness. So, very important. And you know, and to, just to finish it up now, in the next verse where Krishna is talking about, there is no living entity who can be free from actions. There is never a time a living entity is free of action. One must act at all given times. It's not possible to not act. Hmm? So the nature which you have acquired from the uh, from the three modes of material nature, one must act based on that. The the verse says, "Guna subhaviki bala." So subhaviki, you will be naturally forced. Uh, it will be a natural force on us to act certain way. Uh, it is subhaviki. It will be natural tendency to act in certain way. But the verse is talking about, of course, how the three modes of material nature have designed our psychophysical nature and one must act. If someone is a Kshatriya by nature, even in temple he will act like a Kshatriya. Uh, even in Brahmana community one will act like a Kshatriya, he will try to control, he will try to manage, he will try to make sure things are happening this way, that way. Uh, because Subhavaki Bala, the Bala, the, 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 the force is it's very, it's, 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 uh, it's uh, the tendency which is coming from one's own, uh, actually Prabhupada says, tendency is coming from previous lives. So the three modes of material nature will force us based on our karma and desire from previous life to act in a certain way. But Prabhupada gives a twist to this verse in the purport. Uh, very amazing Prabhupada says, Prabhupada begins, in very beginning only of the purport Prabhupada says, one's natural tendency is to serve. So now, if your natural tendency is to serve, and one understands that I am soul by my in my real constitution is spiritual by nature, then why not act subhaviki on that platform? Then why not act in service to the supreme God? If your natural tendency is to serve, then why serve based on the modes which is controlling your 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 psychophysical nature? Why not? Why not act naturally on the platform of soul which you are? Hmm? So then Prabhupada immediately, uh, like he quotes Bhaktivinoda Thakur and then, then Prabhupada encourages to us, uh, basically, that we should act on the platform of soul, very clearly. You know, in Bhagavad Gita the same verse is given, only the last line is different. And in purport to that verse, Prabhupada quotes that word, that uh, very famous shloka from Bhagavatam. Tvakta sadharma charanam bhajan arena bhajan apakvotha pate tato yadi. And in that verse, it very clearly explains you can materially do your duties to the best of your capacity. Uh, the three modes of nature has given you a certain uh, body, certain mind, and one can act. One is Brahmana, one can act as a best Brahmana, a Kshatriya, whatever. And one can act properly in that capacity of an ashram also. But if someone has not done devotional service, then what is the use? But if someone has little bit devotionally progressed and completely failed to act based on one's body or mind, the, 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 the makeup of one's body and mind, then there is no loss. Uh, this, this particular verse is very classic actually. I think Narad quotes this verse, I'm not wrong. Narad quotes this verse. 
says one who has forsaken his material occupation to engage in devotional service of the Lord may sometimes fall down while in an immature stage. Yet there is no danger of being unsuccessful. On the other hand, a non-devotee, though fully engaged in occupational duties, does not gain anything. So, if and and if you see the reason why Prabhupada is quoting this verse, is because it is subhaviki. It is natural for the soul to serve the Supreme Lord. And in the in that capacity, even if one acts and fails, because it is our natural tendency, it is our natural is our identity as servant of the Supreme Lord, there is no loss. Whereas materially, because it's a temporary identity, in this particular body one may be Brahma, one may be Hindu, one may, one may say Pakistan, Mudhava, Pakistan, Mudhava, and then one acts for the country and dies for the country. What is the use? Because next <laughs> next life, you may say Hindustan, Mudhava, you may, you may make slogans against India. Uh, in this life you may you may shout and you may criticize another cricket team, but next life you will you may criticize the same cricket team whom we are supporting now. So what is the use of these endeavors? Uh, one may one may really work in this particular life. One may spend so much time trying to trying to gain some control over opposite sex and trying to enjoy or exploit. In next life you may become that opposite sex and someone will exploit and enjoy you. So what is the point of working so hard for these temporary subhavaki? Uh, if one acts on the platform of soul, which is our natural tendency, then there is some benefit. So these are some of the points I just thought I would discuss from these two verses. Hare Krishna. Uh, any question or comments? Any correction? A very nice verse comes to the mind. Thank you for the wonderful class. And this verse says that Yadi Yadi Hari Haje Tapasatathake. Nayadi Hari Haje Tapasatathake. Exactly, yeah. If you perform devotional service, then what is the loss? What is the need of the other things like tapasya and all that? But if you don't serve me, then what is the use of tapasya and all that? Mm-hmm. The example of Kokun was very good. But once, on the one hand, the cocoon is good because uh, the cocoon is dangerous because you are creating your own world, your own worldview, and you are associating and creating your own behavior in one way. But the cocoon also required in our way to to give up all the associations and yes, create an association of the devotee, the, the God in nature. True. This kind of cocoon is required. Yes. That kind of cocoon is good, uh, bad, but this kind of cocoon is also good. Correct. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Grantarashiva Bhagavatam Vijayashiva Prabhupada.